horses stand for something that is precious and more rare than all the silver and the gold from them old mines. So let them run. Let them run. Let them wild ponies run. Don't you brand them. Don't you break them. Don't you let the killers take a single Hi, welcome to Horse Sense 101. I'm your host, Joe Jones, Vail, Oregon's resident redneck and owner of Joe Jones Performance Horses. Horse Sense 101 is a podcast dedicated to helping you have a meaningful relationship with your horse and for them to be a willing partner in all your adventures. The podcast is available every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Don't forget to join us in our Facebook group, Horse Sense 101. You can also find the podcast link, calendar, and news about our upcoming events on our webpage, www.horse-sense101.com, and sign up for our newsletter there as well. And if you have a moment and and are so inclined, please leave a review at Podchaser. It's free, and I would really appreciate it. This week, we are talking with the Road to the Horse reigning world champion of colt starting, Mr. Wade, the Professor Black. Wade was born on the Stampede Ranch in Nevada and grew up riding with the Buckaroos. At a very young age, he was roping, moving cows, and working with the cowboys on the ranch managed by his dad, Martin Black. At age 10, his family moved to Idaho where they bred, raised, and trained horses for the public. Wade helped his dad start colts and rodeoed in high school, becoming a state and national high school rodeo contender. Wade earned a rodeo scholarship in saddle bronc riding at Montana State University, where he received a Bachelor of Science in Equine Science and a Master's of Science in Equine Nutrition. Wade also taught colt starting classes at Montana State University for two years. Wade has spent time in Kentucky training racehorses in Texas training cutting horses, and at different cow camps in Idaho and Oregon. Horsemanship is in Wade's blood. He comes from a long line of horsemen, including his dad, Martin Black, grandfather, Ray Hunt, and uncle, Bill Van Norman. Wade directs the equine science program and teaches horse production and horsemanship classes at Treasure Valley Community College in Ontario, Oregon. He lives in Homedale, Idaho, with his wife, Amaya, and children, Teo, Josie, and Cy. Mr. Mr. Wade Black, uh, reigning world champion of colt starting. Um, maybe not your greatest accomplishment outside of, uh, of uh, not outside of, you know, being a wonderful father and husband, I, I think, is your, your greatest, in my opinion, uh, accomplishment. But certainly, uh, reigning world champion of Colt starting has got to feel pretty good, right? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it was quite the experience, to be honest, Joe. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. It it felt good, but it was. It was. You know, we in 2019. I honestly, I didn't really even know a whole lot about Road to the Horse until they called me, and then I kind of did some research on it, and and I just kind of prayed through the 2019, and it went fairly smooth kind of what I prayed through and what kind of the game plan I had. And in 2021, it didn't go as smooth. It seemed like, uh, 
a lot of the things that I, that I did the first year, the horse was, you know, I just, it didn't go as smooth. And so it was honestly one of the most humbling experiences of my life. So it was, yeah, it, it was just quite the experience. Most everything I do, I, I got a relationship with, with the Lord and I pray through a lot. And so it was, it was just quite the experience all around it, the support of family and friends and everything. So it, it was definitely one of the greatest experiences of my life. That's for sure. On the, on the subject of life experiences, you know, tell us a little bit about, about where Wade Black came from. Tell me, tell me about, you know, growing up in Nevada and, and uh, about what, what ranch life was like for you as a young man. Yeah. So I very, very fortunate. I feel like I kind of had the best of both worlds. I, we, I was born in Nevada and my dad managed a big million and a quarter acre ranch at the wine cup gamble ranch there kind of in the Northeast corner of, of Nevada. And, uh, and yeah, I got to be raised around a lot of really good cowboys. And from the time we were, I was born there and then until I was 10. <clears throat> yeah, I was on, on that ranch there and, and then we moved to the ranch old there and we moved to Homedale, Idaho. And I thought I'd, I'd moved to the city, moved to a little farming town here. And I thought it was, it was the metropolis. That was for sure. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was way different. There was a major adjustment. I would, every summer I'd still go back to Nevada. I miss Nevada so much working on ranches and that. And so clear through junior high and high school, I'd always go back and, and, and go work on ranches, but it was so blessed because I got the opportunity to do sports. And so we did every sport. I mean, mainly football, wrestling, rodeo, but even track and basketball. And so did a lot of sports and, and uh, here in the little, little Valley that, that we were raised <clears throat> and then dad had a horse training business. So from the time we moved up there, we were, me and my brother were kind of my dad's crash dummies. We had anywhere from 30 to 50 of our own mares and two to three studs at different times there. And, and we raised and trained our own horses and then spending on the year there. But, but sometimes dad had as many as 30 outside horses that would be training for the public. So from first year to 10 years, I first 10 years of my life, I got to have a Nevada experience. Then that first 10 years, that next 10 years of my life from, from 10 to 18, 20 there, I, I really got to experience my dad's horse training business. And, and I was raised doing that. And to be honest, sometimes I, I, kind of didn't like it and it was kind of over I mean just kind of get burnout training horses but looking back now so fortunate the way my dad raised me and and when I graduated my dad kind of started giving clinics and I basically he kind of started handing over the clients to me and I basically kind of took over dad's you know a lot of those clients and got married young and so so blessed to have that as a skill to just uh, leave home with of of training outside horses for the public. Um, t- talk a little bit about uh, about your formal education. I, I, I think a lot of people would be surprised that, uh, you know, a Nevada cowboy would would wind up with a master's degree. T- talk to us a little bit about your your schooling and education and, and what, all, what all that meant to you. Well, that that was a crazy, crazy deal. I, I guess I, I got to talk about when I was uh, <clears throat> kind of a little bit of the story what directed my life there is when I was 16 years old at a rodeo Bible camp. Um, I accepted the Lord when I was eight and 16 years old at a rodeo Bible camp. They had the praise and worship music going there. And I felt like God just kind of called me there. And I felt like there was more to life than just praying to God 
knowing where you're going when you die and praying to God when you want to win a football game. So I said, all right, Lord, I don't care if I ever play football again. I don't care if I ever wrestle again. And I don't care if I ever ride another bronc. I want to be used to build your kingdom. That was my freshman year. My sophomore year, I averaged 300 yards uh, a game in football, led the team in tackles. I won district in in wrestling, and I was third at state as a sophomore. And then in rodeo, I was a state champion, one district, one state, and was sixth at nationals as a sophomore in bronc riding. Then the next year, I got mono. I got sick, and I continued to relapse and relapse. And so my junior and senior year, I got so sick, I couldn't I couldn't do any sports anymore, which was kind of my life. And uh, it was tough. It was really tough there for two years. I had a, a rodeo scholarship to Walla Walla, which is uh, where I thought I was going. That's where all my drinking buddies were going. And so I wanted to go to Walla Walla. And and God had a different plan. Um, I kind of wallowed around there for two years, struggling with a lot of sickness issues. And then after college, even, and then God kind of redirected me. He, he uh, just basically showed me a picture of me and my wife going to Montana and open a book and fire coming out of the book. So I called up MSU after a year and a half or two years or longer than that, but kind of three years and not even riding a bronc. And then they, they, yeah, they said, we'll give you books and tuition. So basically a, a full ride to go up to Montana state. And so, yeah, I, uh, I hadn't hardly ridden Bronx for, for two years there. I'd struggled with a lot of health problems and yeah, I was basically just obedient to do what God called me to do and, and dealt with a lot of fear issues and different stuff. Cause I still had all the effects of chronic fatigue, mono Epstein bar. I had some major health issues. And so every time I'd go to get on a bronc, I'd, I'd have all those health problems in my body. And so I'd have to just remember what God had told me to do. And I just kind of pray and spend some time alone by myself in my car, just praying and remember why I was there. And sometimes it'd take 30 minutes, whatever, 45 minutes, but I just pray. And I, I just come in line with the words that God had spoken to me. And then uh, that, that really shaped as I went to MSU, as I got my master's, everything that I did with my master's was there's three main things that shape everything I got my master's in. Um, number one was how I was raised training horses with my dad and my grandpa. Number, number two was the health problems that I was working through. And then yes, getting my master's. And I feel like all those were kind of inter interrelated, you know what I mean? Of, of, yeah, why I went to Montana there and but it definitely wasn't why I went there. I'll just say that. I went to MSU 100% for one reason, just to ride Bronx. That was the only reason I could care less about an education. But being sick for two years, I went to a little junior college at TVCC. And so I kind of went part-time. And so when I went up to MSU, I finished my bachelor's in three years. So I had another year to rodeo. And I was teaching the cold starting classes there. And so they were talking to me and they said, well, shoot, why don't you do a course training study and you could rodeo another year. And so it's just funny how things happen. I, I would have never got my master's if I wouldn't have got sick. And just funny how things happen, I guess. Your, your, your master's program kind of guided you to begin training quality assurance. Yeah, no, uh, Exactly. So when I did my master's, I, I had the name in define everything I thought I saw growing up, what my dad and grandpa and what we tried to do with horses. And like I said, I was so fortunate being raised. I mean, we'd start whatever, hundreds and thousands of, of horses and all of them at the end ended up being the same, you know, and I just remember growing up struggling with the horse and 
I'd give it to my dad and go, all right, you take this horse. This is the one exception to the rule, you know, let's see. And shoot, dad would do a few things here and there and the horse would fall in line and everything would be great. And so uh, that's the environment I was raised in. So blessed, but kind of frustrating too. I, one of the things I was raised with <clears throat> is, is I call it, there do you feel that? There do you feel that? Whether it was my dad, whether it was my grandpa, whether it was Tom, just people wanting to learn and there do you feel that so as I was teaching the class there at TVCC and as I was getting my master's I was trying to okay let's give it bringing a scientific component let's give it a name and a definition so when I did my master's okay day one day two day three week one week two it was a three-week study at the end of three weeks I did a raining pattern on them and so yes we developed these score sheets and on one side of the score sheet, there was the foundational things that we'd look for, like basically that, that reigning cow horse foundation. And then there were task completions like good to catch, good to saddle, good to bridle, you know, loping. It depend on what week it was, there's different task completions that you'd expect. So that was on one side. On the other side of the score sheet was temperament, like self-preservation, energy, confidence, reaction to social separation, sensitivity. And so all of those had numbers. And so we track that at the end of every day. And so obviously we, I mean, I had 12 different horses. I grained part of them. I didn't grain part of them. And we measured the effects of increasing energy during the early stages of training. So I had these score sheets that I did in my master's. And then what really gave birth to TQA is I left MSU and did the study. And, and then I just went back to training horses. I went back to training horses. I was still riding Bronx, uh, circuit rodeo and pro rodeo and going to different rodeos. And I had such a heart for helping kids teaching and that kind of stuff. So I had kind of a little discipleship program where kids would come work for me. I had between four or five different kids working for me. And then you know, we'd have a little Bible study in the morning, but then I'd have 35 outside horses. I mean, I was obviously running a business, you know, and so uh, they were working for me and we're riding these Colts. Well, I was still leaving, going on the rodeos, you know, on the weekends. And sometimes it, most weekends, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so I'd get everything lined out and well, I'd go on the rodeos and sometimes I'd come back and kids would be struggling with horses. And so I wanted to keep training quality for my customers. So even, I mean, if I had 35 outside horses, I wasn't riding every horse and I wanted to make sure that my customers were getting training quality, regardless of who was working them. So that's where I brought those score sheets in and I educated my employees there and I made sure they fill out their score sheets every day. So all of us, there could be some consistency in the training anyway. And so that's what really gave birth to TQA. My wife helped organize those score sheets and we tracked them every day. And then, yeah, that's, that's what started. Um, shoot. Uh, I don't know what that's been now, 15 years ago. I've just continued to expand on those. And, and yeah, it's such a huge part of the program now is to sit down with the client and go through those score sheets. Um, I tell all my, uh, my students, just like when I go in to sit with my kids um, for parent teacher conference, the teacher sets me down and they go, okay, here's Teo. Here's how he's doing on all these different areas. And so that, that's a big part of TQA is sitting down with the client and letting them know where they are in their training and how they're advancing and that kind of stuff. And that has to make for incredibly happy clients. Yeah, it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's just like, it's not for everyone. And I tell my students all the time, it's, 
when you work for me, this is what we do. It's part of the program. You fill out your score sheets, you sit down with your clients. And I tell my students all the time, go work for someone else. And I tell them, go work for four or five other people and then decide what what you want to do. But yeah, I think it, uh, the clients really seem to like it um, just as far as the consistency. I mean, when every day you're tracking, you're riding that horse, you know, I think that was one of the biggest things is, you know, someone brings a horse to a trainer and they don't know if they're riding the horse every day. And so that, that's a huge part of it is we ride them every day and we track them and, and, and show where they're improving on the training. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, <clears throat> it's certainly something for those that, that can make, make time for it. I think it's a, I think it's smart business. Um, you know, though, Wade, one of the, one of the things that I've watched, uh, I got to see this fall in person that, that I found even probably as fascinating as anything I've seen you do um, is the, the TQA youth event um, that, that series that, that you're sponsoring and what that brings to families. Um, if you would, could you talk about that a little bit, please? Yeah, that, you know, everything, I just seem to kind of stumble into it, you know, as I, whatever, just obviously Lord's kind of leading, leading it, but, but yeah, that the youth development thing. So we started our nonprofit which I, the whole nonprofit, why I wanted to do that is, is I wanted to have a scholarship foundation. I have so many kids that come to TBCC and they're, you know, they're wanting to learn. And I just, so many good kids out there. And I just, I wanted to have a scholarship foundation money in there to keep those kids there. And so through this TQA, we met with an attorney, we met with different people and they said, well, it makes sense to put it into a nonprofit and that was something that I wanted to develop to have this TQA function like BQA, beef quality assurance, and some of those different things. So I think there's a need for it. And so I'm still working on developing that part as far as the college setting with the industry certifications. But I am so excited about the youth development part because the whole program's K through college, and it's instilling correct muscle memory in youth. And, and I really branched out with that. Um, right around COVID, you know, when COVID hit and I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, that's where my heart is, 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 you know, bringing parents together that just want to instill correct muscle memory in our kids. And so it, it starts with, you know, horsemanship and stockmanship and roping. We live in the Great Basin. And so there's a lot of ranching families around here and, and, and you know, just wanting to preserve a lot of these Great Basin traditions, wanting to preserve you know, how we were raised working horses to pass that on to the next generation. But, but really, you know, as we see America begin to shift from, you know, the, the, the Christian, you know, what America was built on, we seem to be drifting further and further away from that. And, and that's really my heart too, is I, I, I teach at a secular school. I have zero desire to try to force anyone else beliefs on, on how I believe we were created or anything. But I do struggle when, when people want to change to, to train my kid, you know, and that's kind of where I draw the line. And that's why I'm excited about our youth development thing is one of the things that I go through, there's the TQA youth development, and then there's TFTC discipleship is we just kind of break down through that discipleship thing of what America was founded on. And our America was founded on amazing principles. And that's partly what I just want to gather together a bunch of parents that that want to pass on what America was truly founded on to their kids and instill that correct muscle memory. And so, uh, yeah, that's the youth development. 
And what parallels that is the, the discipleship program too. So, so if, if I'm a, if I'm a parent and I've got some young kids and I'm, I'm thinking about coming to one of these, uh, one of these events, what, what do I need to know? What do I need to be prepared for? What, what am I going to learn there? So we have three shows and uh, one's in the fall, one in the winter, one, one in the spring. And, and what I really wanted to do was to have any age or any skill level. So we go through, there's a ranch open on, on Friday. It's ranch open. And, and it, but, but really we're teaching horsemanship, stockmanship, roping. We're really breaking down, going slow, teaching the fundamentals. And so you can be green, 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 never even swung a rope. Any age, any skill level can come participate. And so it, it's, I mean, it's like a 4-H program in the sense that it's educational. We go slow and we help to, to educate. And it's it's a work in progress. And I think we're almost going to have, you either sign your kid up for a clinic and then there's a competition. So there is a competition with year-end buckles and prizes, but, but it's kind of like cutting. It's hard to enter a cutting competition if you know nothing about cutting. Right. So usually you go to a cutting clinic, you learn about it, and then you enter the competition. So we had our show in the fall, and that was one of the things what we met is you can bring your kid and go, okay, I'm going to enter them in the clinic to where they can learn. And then I have score sheets, I have video. It's just like any sport. That's one of the things is I wanted to create a sport where kids can learn skills where they can get a job. And that's part of the TQA nonprofit. There's such a need out in the industry with people with horsemanship, stockmanship, roping skills, and it isn't being taught. And so that's why I want to develop a youth development program. Specifically, everything I teach these kids in the program is to help them be more productive in day work. You know what I mean? And in, in being right. in, so. So, yeah, just like go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was I was raised on a ranch in Montana. And, you know, you would think a, a ranch kid would would be a good roper. Well, well, I'm terrible at roping. But part of the issue was that my my dad was managing twenty five hundred mother cows and, and a thousand of those being first calf heifers. Uh, he had no time to teach me anything. I was I was kind of an unpaid cowboy. And, and I saw when I was at your event, I saw real real ranch families with their kids there taking a couple of days and putting that aside to, to devote that to teaching their kids. And, and I, I and thought that was amazing. Oh, it, I appreciate that. And what, what I wanted to create is we, we play sports. So, so I played a lot of sports and I coach my kids in football and wrestling. And, and most of the time we have practice for, for anywhere from two days a week to four or five days a week. And it's an hour and a half. And these kids learn football and wrestling. I mean, I started coaching flag football and they're six years old, right? And they're learning these skills. And yeah, I wanted to create the same thing um, where parents can bring their kid and they can learn the skills, you know, their horsemanship, stockmanship, roping skills, where they can practice together, they can get their horse tuned up. So when the spring brandings come up or they, the families can go back to the ranch and they could be productive. And that's a huge part of our, our nonprofit is promoting family businesses. You know, we have the husband and the wife and the three kids. And, 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 and that's one thing I really talked about is, is a dad. It's not like we want to be jerks. It's not like we want to 
You know, if you ask most guys, okay, what's the most important thing in your life? And a lot of them, if they're Christian, they say, well, God, my, my wife and my kids, that's the most important thing. Well, unless you go out and actually work cows and it's stressful. And that's a lot of times the thing that gets sacrificed the most is your wife and your kids and your yelling and your, and that's what I wanted to do was create a youth development event where you could come there, get together a bunch of dads where we can take the time to slow down, to train our horses. We even have a dog thing to train our kids, to help them be more productive so that when we do go back to the ranch, it is more peaceful. We can pass down these family traditions, you know? I think it's important to point out that this, this program, this isn't just you being the coach. I mean, you, you put together an, an amazing assortment of, of talented, you know, husbands and wives that, that volunteered their time to help with all this too. So, I mean, th this is, this is a really big deal. Well, what's neat for me is, as I think youth in America, there is a lot of well fear and confusion. And I mean, uh, I guess everything I do, I go full out on. And there was a time where I wanted to be a good bronc rider. I wanted to be a good horse trainer. I wanted to be good at whatever I was doing. And then finally, God just kind of woke me up and it's like, hey, what's my next thing? And it's like a dad. You need to be a good dad. And I got to thinking, gosh, if I don't switch gears and go wholeheartedly and I mean, trying to figure that out, I'm going to fart around here and still chasing my dreams and I'm not going to train up these kids, you know, in the way they should go. And so it's been so fun to just round together a bunch of dads that, that want to be like-minded. And, and that it really parallels, there's, there's two scriptures, everything in my life from the time I was, well, I don't know. I remember putting scriptures on my shoes and wrestling. I usually have scriptures that are speaking to me in any season of life. And there's two scriptures right now that I've pretty much surrendered to daily. And one of them is train up a child in the way he should go. So that when you're old, so that when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And the other one is, um, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and coming day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And I think it's been fun to just to get together a bunch of dads that want to be better husbands, that want to be better fathers, because it's contagious, you know, it, it, and to help grow. And it's it's been so fun. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of dads out there. I think, honestly, I think there's a lot of parents that are seeing what's going on in our country and are like not happy with where it's going. And for me, it's like, I don't have a desire to change anyone else's mind. But for me, there's some morals and there's some values that I want to raise my kids in. And I'm, I'm wanting to put the line in the sand and go, I want to stand together with other, other like-minded people and go just be in agreement and, and yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. I, I was, I was just, I was just so impressed with, with the, the, the earnestness and, and, and the kindness and, and the patience that was showed those young kids and, and, you know, you could, you could just see the, the love um, in, in everything that was done. And, and I, I just, you know, I, I, I'm a huge, huge fan and, and everything we can to, we can do. I, I see this as something that could be replicated, you know, over and over again throughout the country. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's certainly going to be really powerful. I, I think. 
Don't forget to check out and become a member of our Facebook group, Horse Sense 101. Keep in contact with me on Instagram at Joe underscore Horse Sense 101. And go to our webpage, www.horse-sense101.com. While you are there, sign up for our newsletter for information about upcoming shows, events, and information on the release of You and Your Heart Horse. And if you have a chance, I would appreciate it if you would give us a review on Podchaser. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been interesting. I went to Kentucky and, and I did a talk down there and there's some other people in Washington and, and uh, wanting to get a program developed. And it's been just so humbling, honestly, Joe, bringing people together. And that's kind of where we're at right now is just developing it here, developing the curriculum and getting it solid to where, whether it's a homeschool, whether it's a 4-H program, whether it's other, I've had universities call me wanting the curriculum, wherever it is to get this curriculum solid and package it so we can give it to, to other people to replicate in, in different areas, you know? Um, yeah, that's, that's, it's been fun to kind of sit down and hone in on that. So what, what kind of, uh, you know, along, kind of along those lines, what sort of speaking engagements do you have for the future? Where, where could, where could our listeners find more, more information about what you do and, 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 and maybe, you know, spend a little bit of time uh, at one of your events? So uh, I teach full-time at the college there. And so that's kind of my main gig. I, I went to Kentucky and I spoke there and I went to Texas and I, and I had two speaking, speaking engagements, uh, especially after Road to the Horse. I had a lot of opportunities to travel and I just, I, I feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be with those college kids, but I do have a hybrid online class. And so that's everything online. And then you show up for a three-day clinic. And that's part of the TQA program. Like my dad comes in there. There's different people that come in to offer these certifications. So the design is you sign up for the curriculum. It's all online. And then you can get certified in these different areas and then take it back and teach it in your own area. And so, yeah, that's that program. And that's through TVCC. So it's really pretty inexpensive um, comparing it to like, if I was going to set my prices to travel somewhere and do a clinic. So it's whatever, it's like $300 for a, a, a class at TVCC or 400 bucks or whatever for an 11 week online class in a three day clinic and the certifications at the end. Yeah. Good, good luck getting anything else for that price. Really good luck. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, I think it's a, yeah. Anyway, so that's there. And then, and then I have a, my wife and I, we have a, an online uh, Bible study that we do too. And so kind of telling my story, honestly, so much of, of the sickness and the health issues and kind of honestly how I learned everything behind Road to the Horse, the entire process, and just uh, giving that to parents too, you know. So there's two different main things that I, obviously I teach at TVCC. And then we have the TQA, and that's a nonprofit. That's for education. And then my wife and I have TFTC discipleship. So for any parents out there that 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 want to do an online Bible study or an, an online class specifically on on prayer, and it's designed. The name of the Bible study is competing from the Holy of Holies. So it's designed uh, for people that are running a business, an equine ranching or rodeo business, or competing in sports. That's where a lot of the health problems I had is whenever I'd go to compete any area of competing, whether it was business or sports. 
it just, it became my idol and I'd give everything I had. And I just over and over and over had these health problems because whatever I did, I had to go full out. And so that's what I kind of share my testimony in that is, is helping people in that and, and really to prevent kids from, from that, you know, kids get caught up in different alcohol and drugs and all these horrible things, you know, and, and in winning, if you're not careful in having to succeed, if you're not careful, it becomes a drug and it can control you. And that's what just, uh, it's just silly. I'm, my niece said this one time that, that she hated losing way more than she loved winning. And I think there's a part there where it's okay to be comp- competitive, but when it controls you and, and identifies you, it becomes unhealthy. And that's what I'm trying to do through our nonprofit and through the ministry is a lot of parents put a lot of pressure on kids to perform, you know, in sports and in school and whatever. And I think there's a lot of kids that are kind of getting blown up on, on their, it's just unhealthy. I guess that's the main thing in this Bible study is there's a lot of kids that are unhealthy and we're trying to promote health. So, so it's, it's basically comes down to, to living a balanced life. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, yeah. And, and all, all my deal, I mean, there's the, there's the nonprofit, which is obviously just focused in our nonprofit. We target three different areas. So it's, it's six to $800 for riding an outside horse, you know, that 75 to $30,000 for, for selling an all around performance horse and then day work a hundred to $150 for day work. So that's our nonprofit. Yeah. And then, then our, our TFTC discipleship is, yeah, that, that balanced, healthy life and, and yeah, discipleship growing in your faith too. So. Um, talk to us if you little, if you would, just a bit, uh, I want to circle back to, to the, to the experience at road to the horse. There's, you know, I, I, I think that that, you know, <clears throat> obviously you, you, you came out on top there. Um, Talk to us just a little bit about kind of the nuts and bolts of of how you approach Road to the Horse um, and, you know, what your thought process was from from selection of your horse to to, you know, step by step as you because I know you were very methodical about how you went through uh, went through the process. Uh, yeah. So I don't know in in choosing the horse there, I I was trying to pick something with some life. That's what I did. The first year is, is I saw some of the horses there where they run out of gas too quick. And so for me, I wanted a horse with some life. And the funny part was I, I thought I picked one with a lot of life and it didn't take very long there. The one I had where it didn't seem like he had as much life or, or energy, you know, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I break down three different areas whenever I call it the training trifecta, which is task completion, temperament and foundation. And so, yeah, I, I had different things that, that I, uh, wanted to accomplish with that horse. Um, you know, working on the temperament and foundation, mainly first preparing that horse to saddle and then saddling them. And then, you know, every, every, you know, I had it broke down to where, you know, we have an hour and a half or whatever. And so there was three different increments in there and then had that broke down over the, the three different days. And, and, and it was, you know, there were things that I, I had to adjust, um, that was, that was a little bit different 
on some areas, but it was still those same different areas was task completion, temperament, and foundation. And, and bottom line, you 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 got to go with where the horse is at, regardless of what your horse is. Um, and so, yeah, I was just working through that process of of yeah the, on those three areas. One of the one of the criticisms that I've heard people make of of that event is. You know, yeah, they got those horses to to do that, but you know, after the event, they, you know, those horses really weren't trained. They, they, uh, you know, that was all for show. And and I, I have my opinion on that, but I, I know you own the horse that uh, that you competed on. You know, tell us. I mean, because we we can believe what you say when you when you got your horse home. Um, was it a complete retrain, or or was the foundation and the temperament that you established with that horse uh, in Fort Worth, was that a lasting, a lasting uh, session? So the, the first thing I did when I got him home is, is I, when I was working that horse, I, I had a, I thought he was probably hurting. And so had some chiropractic stuff. And so that was the first thing I did was I got him chiropractor two different times before I even did anything with him and turned him out and had some time in between that to just let the, the chiropractic stuff kind of let him get to where he wasn't sore. And uh, so it was probably the end of the summer. I got him chiropractic two different times and just turned him out in my pasture. And then honestly, I got him in, I spent maybe 15, 20 minutes doubling him a little bit. And then I just went outside. I knew the horse he never, never bucked once again, never got tight, anything. I just, yeah, that same foundation that, that I set on there. And I just rode him outside. I'd get on him and just take him outside. And that's, I put probably a, I always kind of hit and miss different times with schools, but I, I rode him several times outside there. And then Blodgett, Dr. Blodgett, they got him, uh, they checked him out and there was something in his hawk. Every time when I'd start that horse, every time I'd go to turn him, he'd cock his left hawk. And, uh, he said there might be something there with him. And, and I don't know. So I brought him home and same thing. He kept cocking that left hawk. And so I put probably two weeks on him and then I just turned him out again and, and see if that whatever's pinching or whatever's hurt on that hawk, I didn't want to hurt him anymore. So, yeah. So that, so that, that, that foundation, I mean, that, that was my, my observation was that, you know, everything that you did at road to horse, I, I saw you do, you know, with the horses in your class, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a trick. It wasn't a show. The, the same things you look for at home when you're, when you're training horses or you look for at school that when you're, when you're teaching the kids, <clears throat> that stuff really does work. Right. Oh, for sure. And I think that's one thing that's great. I mean, that's how we were raised, though. It, it wasn't. I mean, man, I can't tell you how many times dad would. I mean, we get horses off the I.L. and these, you know, five and six year. I mean, older horses, right. That weren't even halter broken. Dad rope them and put a halter on them and we'd saddle them. And very, very rarely was three rides and we not riding down the ditch bank. Honestly, it took me a long time in my mentality, in my own horse training business to say it's okay to not be trotting down the ditch bank at the end of three rides, you know? And I mean, that's how my grandpa was. I mean, yeah, it was get on them and go. And so, yeah, it, it wasn't that much different, honestly, than how I was raised. What was a little bit different was, uh, 
I mean, I do it now different when I teach it because I'm at a college. And so I'm, I have green kids and we're, we're training green horses. And so you went through my college program. I teach it a lot different at a college now, way different than I ever did how we actually did it. You know, when I was raised doing it, training the horses. Yeah. So the, 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 really that, that, that process, that the things that you look for, um, I mean, that, that's what I've, what I've seen in, in the horses that come out of that, that contest, they're, they're not ruined. They're, they're not, that's not a trick. That's really, if you do it right and, and, and you keep the horse first, uh, that, that, that isn't to the detriment of the horse. Those, those horses are pretty, I know Ken's horse was really good when he got it home. Um, you know, and, and Cole's horse, he, he showed pretty, you know, pretty undoctored videos of what, you know, what his horse could do. So, you know, that, that's, that I think is a testament to what really the horsemanship that is, is actually there, um, from, from you and all the other contestants as well. Oh, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, and I think, I mean, is that was so neat to just be a part of road to the horse in their mission statement. And they're trying to promote quality training, quality horse training. And it's so neat to be a part of horse trainers that are like-minded in that. But I, I think whether it's three days, you know, or whether it's 20 days, it, and I think that's part of TQA and what I'm trying to do through our nonprofit is, where is the horse at in the training? And then you still got to prepare it for the public. And, and I think, I mean, as a whole, most of, I mean, it rode to the horse, that's more than you would normally do in a normal training session. You know, it, it's, it's, but I, I think you're right in what you're trying to say and what you're trying to promote in there. And really the heart of road to the horse is promoting quality horse training and not sacrificing the horse and in keeping the horse first and most important. <clears throat> so your your business, you, you also have a, a component to TFTC training for the cross. That that's also a, a, a at least it's set out to be a for profit. You still you still train horses for sale, right? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's the other one. We have the the. <laughs> like you said, the TQA nonprofit, and then we have TFTC discipleship. And then there's, uh, yeah, our family business. Uh, we have an LLC where we train and sell horses and, and, uh, yeah, I try to keep, try to keep my numbers. We, we got like 16 family horses. I have eight family horses and rodeo horses. And then I have eight sell horses. And so I, I get three and four year olds and I keep them for around two years and, and kind of take them through the TQA program and, uh, you know, try to get them bridled up as, as a five or six year old. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. We, that's kind of our family business. I love getting these horses riding pretty good than having my kids go do day work and brand calves on them. And, and then, yeah, go, we go to try to go to about four different performance horse sales a year. And, uh, and yeah, and then we, we run a few cows too. Um, we run some cows up at Jordan Valley. And so we kind of trade for day work there and, and then we're, we're building, developing, we got 40 acres here in, in Homedale that we're, we're putting in, trying to put in some rest rotation pastures to kind of move around. And, and so, yeah, that's our, that's, that's, that's the family business. And that's a huge part of, of our nonprofit is uh, trying to promote family businesses. Honestly, right now I teach full-time in a college 
my wife is a full-time realtor and uh i mean we're busy between that and sports and it's not like we need a family business financially but that is so important for me that my kids like they do the chores and just tying together with my kids at a very young age that work with money and getting the things that they want you know that's so important to me that they learn that my kids from a young age that there's things that you want you work you get paid money and then you go buy the things that you need and you save it and that kind of stuff. And so that, that's a huge part of, of our business and our nonprofit is helping parents develop that for their family. Well, Wade, I, I really appreciate you giving me your time this evening. Wow, friends. Wade is the real deal. The complete package. If you have young ones, I highly encourage you to check out the TQA Youth Development Program. And if you have a young adult, considering furthering their education, please check out Wade's program at Treasure Valley Community College. I assure you they will get an education in horse production and stockmanship second to none. And thanks for joining me. Don't forget to check out and become a member of our Facebook group, Horse Sense 101. Keep in contact with me on Instagram at Joe underscore Horse Sense 101. And go to our webpage, www.horse-sense101.com. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter for upcoming shows, future events, and information on the release of You and Your Heart Horse. And again, please leave us a review on Podchaser. Join us next week. We're going to discuss building trust between you and your horse. God bless you, and we will talk to you again soon. We know these horses stand for something That is precious and more rare And all the silver and the gold from them old mines So let them run Let them run Let them wild ponies run Don't you brand them, don't you break them Don't you let the killers take a sand